0: Time for gate speed on this Monday afternoon, and boy, haven't we got a lot to chat about in the world of harness racing after that big weekend highlighted by the Breeders' Crown Finals at Tabcorp Park, Melton. Blake Redden, a very good afternoon to you.
1: Yeah, afternoon Gareth. It's uh, well, I think we're going to start with some controversy, controversy, but it did have it all—exciting uh, racing did. right across the weekend.
0: Sky Active was a big tick. Well done to everyone involved from Sky Racing. I think Tabcorp, of course, were involved. Jason Bonnington. Brittany Graham Mm -hmm. and uh, Adam Hamilton, wonderful harness racing performers in the media. And it was um, terrific coverage. So, Thoroughly enjoyed it and well done.
2: Uh, we, re- we really loved doing it, Gareth. Obviously, it was something that's never been done before in that way for harness racing. So it was magnificent to be a part of it, of course, and uh, just going wall to wall for six hours trying to find winners. But more than that, and I know this is something very close to your heart, we we're trying to bring the stories of harness racing yes. to people. So And there were plenty of good stories across the night, starting with race one on the program, which was the best story of the night. for And
0: we'll night. get to that a little later on when we have a chat to Greg Sugars. But Sky Active will be a big, big winner for especially the two minor codes in harness racing, greyhound racing, where you can showcase the premier nights for those particular sports and get a chance to chat to the industry participants, the drivers, the trainers, the owners, the greyhound owners, the trainers, the handlers, about the story behind the superstars of the sport. We need to make sure in both codes that we um, emphasise that the stars of the show Other participants, we need to make them into heroes so young kids following the sport of harness racing, greyhound racing can recognise their heroes, get to know their heroes, get inspired by their heroes Mm. and then hopefully they want to be involved in those particular sports and they are sports. Well, you you, you, fall, you fall in love with the stories, don't you? When I, when you I was do. growing up, I was probably more a thoroughbred
2: fan. I, I, I switched to harness racing in the Channel 31 days, Bakes, uh, a little bit before your time in the late 90s. Because you got that wall-to-wall coverage, you met the characters of the sport, and there's no sport with more characters Dan yep. Harness Racing, they're replete with, uh, or it's replete with characters of the, the game. So we met a few of them on Saturday night, and hopefully we'll meet more and more and more as Sky Active continues to uh, grow, thrive, and flourish.
0: I think all three codes have got wonderful characters. And I, I think we need to showcase them more, and that's my job and Mikey's job and Benny Day's job on RSN Central. So we'll try and do that for you. First. Mikey's
2: definitely doing a good yes. job at it.
0: <laughs> now, Thanks, let's kick off with the things that we learned. One of my favourite segments. The protest provides controversy as Kratos elevates itself to group one glory
1: yeah, well, he was elevated by the stewards, but he did his best to get there he just didn 't quite get there he all finished second up. he did all cashed up, won the race, and galloped across the line. This is going to be controversial one because. I think we have similar opinions on the mm. protest, potentially. I'm not sure what Gareth, Gareth thought about it. I'm looking it, but forward to Gareth, yeah. yeah. because he might be a little bit different, True. but mm. it was very probably similar. probably makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very similar to last year with Kai Valley Clichy galloping in the mm. last 100 yards and Dream Master uh, not being able to get the result mm. overturned. The margin was smaller, and clearly that's pa- played into the thinking Police. of the stewards. Okay, well, I think we all might think the same here. I think it was probably, (laughs) given that he restrained straight away. Glenn Craven, we'll speak to him later on the program, hopefully, but I think it was a harsh decision on All Cashed Up, who was in reverse as soon as he galloped.
2: Look, at the end of the day, Gareth, and I'm very keen to hear your opinion, but to be honest, the the little snigger that I just heard tells me that you've got a very similar opinion to both Blake and I. All cashed Cashed Up, in my opinion, should have kept the race. Now, we preface all this... With the uh, the acknowledgement that the stewards, Harness Racing Victoria stewards are charged with a task that we are not charged with. And they have to make critical decisions on everyday races and sometimes Group 1 races like they did on Saturday night. And they are better equipped with knowledge and understanding of the rules than us. But certainly from my perspective, it is I found it very difficult to forge an argument why all cashed up should have the race taken from him.
0: Was there a precedent set last year?
1: Well... I mean, it's A probably more precedent. about well, it's more about the margin, isn't it? Because the precedent mm. was dismissed last year.
0: Well, we should have learnt from last year when it, it's not rocket science. Mm. It's called common sense mm. because there's so many different stewards who perform at different meetings that mm. overlook certain meetings. So this is what you have to do in this situation: that when you talk trotting racing in this in this country, mm. this country that we call Australia, if you break. <laughs> in the last 100 metres, you are disqualified. Make that black and white. If you break at that crucial stage when the game is to trot all of the way, if you break... You're disqualified. It's
1: never going to be black and white. Well, it though, should
0: be black, black and but, white because then what happens if you don't have it black and white? Then you get this situation mm-hmm. where the decision, like it's. So do you? It, but what happens if a horse is going
1: real rocky in its action, and maybe it maybe it gallops right on the post, or maybe it doesn't? How do you tell? Well, when, black when and it white. If galloping? it gallops.
0: Before but the been, winning post, yeah. or it doesn't. Yeah, like, I
2: think I think what Bates is saying is he's, he's struggling to get it out to you here. But there's difference between trotting, galloping, and something in between. No, all this, well, it's like it's like in the walking races. Is tell telling exactly when has he got both <laughs> of his feet off the ground? Sort of a situation. Well, galloping is you know galloping. Yes,
0: and if you have something in between, it's not galloping, so it's okay. Oregon
2: Poseidon halfway, up the, 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 but he galloped he that horse. Poseidon, that horse
0: galloped. He galloped, but he but he,
2: he was doing something in between Before trotting, galloped, and galloping, yeah. and pacing, yeah. and all sorts of yeah, things halfway
0: so, up the lane. So what? It, it, even that is a slippery slope and there's some grey area involved That's what here. I mean. So I dismissed that protest on Saturday night. Yes. But, but. I, take it, I take it out of the stewards' hands. If you break in the last 100 metres, I don't care if it's a millimetre before the winning post, you are disqualified. Why just the last 100? Why not the last 200? Well, it could be the last or 200 the metres. Well, the entire race. Um, that's another very good point that you could, you could argue. We get Maybe European the last about 400 metres. Yeah, right. Well, sometimes I think it's, well, the, the art, I think the art of trotting and the art of training the art of driving is making sure that you try and keep your horse in gait throughout the trip.
2: Yeah, there's no, absolutely no doubt about it, that, and it's called a trotting race for a reason. You're supposed to trot all the way, but it's, it's quite funny because one minute a few weeks ago, we're celebrating the amazing achievement of Liberty Stride to lose 70 or 80 metres in the run and win the race, and the next minute we're saying, well, that, that horse wouldn't, mm. we would, have been deemed, uh, would have been deemed disqualified. Critically here, I thought it was wonderful of uh, Chairman of Stewards, Brett Day, to come Correct. on Sky with Brittany Graham and explain the decision because he didn't have to. But I think what I got from his explanation that probably just confused me further is the fact that it feels like the horse galloping so close to the line was in fact a detractor that if he galloped a bit earlier and had the opportunity to lose significant ground that maybe it would have been okay but that he's galloped so close to the line there's nothing more Glenn Craven could have done to get all cashed up down in time I think it was relatively clear from my perspective he lost some momentum because he was going to win the race comfortably so I think that Anton Galeno and Pat Driscoll and Glenn Craven can all feel relatively aggrieved and we take nothing away from Kratos who was a terrific performance as well but um, I think that they can feel aggrieved that it, it very very best it was a 50-50 call. Are
1: you a little surprised that Majestuoso didn't throw in a protest against first given the small margins? It was it yeah, was probably a, identical to Kai Valley
0: Yes, That's another really good point. Like, if... That's a good point from you, bud. Yeah, <laughs> that's very good. If it loses... <laughs> At the race, yeah. the winner, yeah. then it should have been put into third because the margins were basically nearly the same. Well, it gets relegation type type ruling well, at that point. That's why you have got to
2: disqualify if you gallop. I'll be quite honest with you; I would have had a straight out bet on my gestuation and it didn't overly worry me whether he yeah. ran first or second. So I probably wasn't on my what radar. About if I ta-
0: yeah, trifectas or first fours, yeah. but it's just the precedent, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you um, mean. be. But take nothing away from the winner, <laughs> the Kiwis. I think Mickey Guerin part owns that trotter, so the rich get richer.
2: Is um, it America? Is he?
0: Is he? Yeah, but yeah, I, I I think they need to make those rules black and white, and you can take all of the guesswork. And it's a matter of opinion. You might disagree with the stewards, but the stewards are doing their job, and they have to sit around a panel. Well, you're
2: only making life harder on them the way things are, right? Correct. Make yeah. it easier yeah. for them. Yes.
0: And it's so difficult. Like it's so difficult to judge whether it was an unfair or a fair advantage when it comes to horses galloping and trotting races.
2: Just quickly before we move on to the next point, because we have to, but I kind of think about it. When a horse is first past the post, I don't care what code it is. It's an innocent or proven guilty situation. It feels like you have to be 99.9% sure. It feels, you know, uh, possession's nine-tenths of the law and all the rest of it. That wasn't the
1: case at Ramwick on Saturday.
2: Yeah, well, and and, and I think it should be overall in all codes. that If you're first past the post, there needs to be a significant reason to take the race away from you.
0: Point really? number two, Max Power not needed and a delightful win. Max Delight too strong to take out the three-year-old boys' final, led easily, and then once it did that, it was game over. Yeah, it was... It, th- this happens too, doesn't it, Baz? You have... It was the race of the
2: night on paper, the marquee race on the program, the one that most people were looking forward to the most, the Breeders' Grand Final for the three-year-old Colts and Goldings. At the end of the day... At the risk of uh, going back and, you know, Gareth was having a little dip at last week about the semi-finals, but this just wasn't... It just didn't materialise to be the race that we were hoping it I would be. I think it was the
1: slowest lead time of the pacing yeah. races. Like, it right? was...
2: Th- they, they really played into the hands of Max a lot, who we felt the chink in his armour, if there was one, might be. You've got to go up and abuse him through the middle stages here and see how much heart and how much ticker he's got. At the end of the day, he was... He was able to get a soft lead time. He was able to travel into the race exactly as he wanted, and he used his speed to fatal effect. So I, he was too good on the night, but it just wasn't the race that we wanted.
1: I know he got a soft run in the New South Wales Derby, but they went time, so you know he can at least he can follow, follow speed. fast. He can speed. follow fast mm. speed. No so worries. He, can, he can go fast speed. It's just a matter of whether he can do it, getting abused out front. But we didn't find that out. Um, you know, all credit to him. He's a he's a three uh, three
0: time Group One winner this season, and. Um,
2: he will be yep. the three Australian three-year-old of yep. the year. There's no okay. doubt about that now.
0: Unless they go really quick in those races over the 2200 metres, it's very hard to win a good race back in the field. That's why maybe do we have to have a look at the race being 2,500 for the three-year-olds. But the funny thing Derby's is... maybe. Potentially. I, I agree that Derby should be longer-distance races. Why not races, the Breeders' but, Crown because it's later on in the season? Uh,
2: yeah, well, What I will say is that across the weekend, the 2,240 metres were usually run at spectacular pace and everyone was given their opportunity. So, you know, you can create an argument one year based on tempo and the next year on a different tempo, but It's just funny that that was the race that seemed to have the most winning chances, but you do see that where they don't go as hard as they should.
0: The three, the happy horse reaches Max Speed, and boy, he's a star. Be happy Mac, and I love the puppet. The puppet said to the Kiwis, you usually hand up anyway, (laughs) don't try and play tough on the big stage because I am going to drill you, and in the end, Zachary, he talked the big game, but he failed to walk the walk, didn't he? Why didn't he? Why hold the front, Zachary.
2: Oh, I've I got to tell you, I don't, I don't know what it looked like on TV. I, I wandered well, out he had to, to hand watch, up on <laughs> to watch the race. I don't think, I don't think Zachary <laughs> puts that up. I think Chris, yeah. Elf, I think Chris <laughs> Elf had said, you, you might end up in the middle of the uh, Tabcourt Park. You, you're in the pond over there yes. if, if you don't let me pass. So, you know, we spoke to Andrew Bensley, who's a part owner of uh, Be Happy Mac after the race. And he was pretty much like the owners on the side were all thinking, What's Puppet doing? You've abused, you've abused, you just can't keep going here. But uh, Chris Alford said, look, I've made plan A, B and C based on the fact that I've got the best horse in the race. I'm going to bully my way to the front and I'm going to win the race. And that's exactly what he did, Bates. And I'll put my hand up and say, I reckon earlier in the season, I thought B Happy Mm. Mac was a nice two-year-old but no superstar. I have completely changed my opinion. There is no doubt he is one of the better two-year-olds that we've seen in the past five, six, seven, eight years. And he's a monster too. He looks like a a late three-year-old.
1: So the question is, can he come back at three and and four and continue it? But that doesn't really matter for now. What he's done in the last six, uh, six, eight, 12 weeks has been
0: incredible. And he is a star. Interesting point. My mail is that Robert Watson has Mm -hmm. held back most of his Mm two-year-olds because he feels it's very hard to beat Emma Stewart. Mm -hmm. So he might have a few stars up his sleeve come the three-year-old season.
2: That would well, be, that's interesting. Well, we, we want that. We want horses from the West yep. coming over. And Derby time, you know, you'll get Kiwis as well. And they've got some very smart young Kiwis as well. So, B. Max not just going to walk over. And also, Juleby Nitro's there as well. I know that he's probably now out of sight, out of mind. But uh, he had a blazing start to his juvenile season. So, he'll come back at three as well.
0: Point number four, Major teams, His rival's in a blockbuster. We speak of Tam Major.
1: Yeah, this was the four-year-old final. It's funny how things work. Often, I'm not sure how you feel about this, Bon. You probably totally disagree. But... But often it's Don't when me, mate. well it's when it's often for me when you hear someone else say something about a mm-hmm. horse and and it wasn't necessarily your opinion you know before the fact but mm-hmm. I reckon when Dan Malecki at his previous start Tam Major said this is a Grand Circuit horse it kind of clicked for me at that time exactly as he said it this horse is flying and he's a monster and. He just did it again, Tam Major. That was a, mm. a domineering performance on Saturday.
2: It, it was a domineering performance. Again, it was an unusual race because there were a couple of below-par performances in the four-year-old Entires and geldings Championship. But Tam Major, the, the theme of the night for mine was those professional horses, the horses who turn up week in, week out. It doesn't matter what sport it is, if you're a footy player, if you're a tennis player, golfer, the ones that turn in turn up week in, week out are the ones that you can trust. And Tam Major's becoming that horse. Um, going back, oh, you would remember a couple of years ago, Gareth, Tam Major was, I don't know, he was probably 50, or sixth in line in terms of that generation behind poster boy major times would have been in, pr- in front of him right high of course so he was just a sleeper cell yep. and now he's and now he's turning into a horse he has got the attributes of a grand circuit horse but there were a couple of blow par performances in the race well,
0: fitting point number five before hills which is only a couple of minutes away but williamson has stride on point for group one double liberty stride and ultimate stride both yeah.
1: very good. Both very good, but probably, to be fair,
2: races both put on for them a little bit bonners. Oh, yeah, true, but I think both were, uh, were, yep. both were utterly were thoroughly horse in the race and anyway. dominant. Yep. The, the big question is whether Ultimate Stride's going to go on and be a superstar of the sport now, because he looked like it on Saturday night. He He's very, very, very strong for a young horse. We've seen this with Blitz and Colder and a number of other young trotters. I believe you do have to develop that element of speed, but maybe he can do that going forward. Did Mr. Rosati shout the bar? Uh, I was hoping for a Singo-type performance. I even called him out, I think, on the Sky Racing Active uh, broadcast. He he was having to buy drinks. I'm not sure that everybody. Mm. There was a band playing a Queen tribute band after the last tap got back. I'm not sure everybody Wish I was got. There for that, I'm not sure everybody uh, got a, a CC and dry after the last from Amelia After that, but he was a very very happy mm. man as you can expect. As was
0: Philly Williamson. I would have made sure that he did shout Amelia. Good morning to you or good afternoon to you. Be listening in New South Wales somewhere. Hillsville <laughs> race four. Watchdog likes four one six and two. We'll have point number six. We have the preview for the Swan Hill races coming up. Sure. Courtney Walsh will talk tennis. We've got plenty to go still on gate speed. So we'll be juggling our acts here. And the final part of RSN Central on this Monday afternoon. But here's James Vandermart at Hillsville,
3: About to be loaded up. Okey dokes. The fourth, Gareth Hall back on board for race number four. Look, early Storm should be pretty hard to beat here. The punter's jumping on the, the blue rug. It's been 3.40 into 2.50. So for the veteran race... Plenty of exposed form and early storm heads to the market ahead of Pergamon, who was a good run here last time to win. And early special, the next line of betting at $4. Only a field of six to do battle and they're just about ready to go. Veteran race over the 350. Favourite will bounce out of four early storm and they're set to go now. So the green light about to show. Green light turned on and we're ready to run, set, Away in racing, and Early Storm began well enough from the centre of the line, going very wide, Voluptuous Blue, and that left Early Storm to cross over. Takes the lead from Early Special to third, Crash Reality, and then Voluptuous Blue, followed by Wild Honey, and Pergamon can see them all. It's Early Special, the leader. 50 to go, two or three in front, and Early Storm, the leader, rather, from Early Special, and Early Storm will come away and win well to Faith. Early Storm by two and a half to Early Special in an early Quinella, Third across the line, Crash Reality diving through ahead of Voluptuous Blue. A break to Pergamon last in Wild Honey. It's the blue rug of Early Storm who storms away... 1948 favourite, all too good.
0: So four one two and three early storm two thirty two $2.00 dollars defeats early special two ten and crash reality no third dividend. The first at Swan Hill six minutes away. Bachelor Baron two twenty $2.20, a dollar twenty four dreams and schemes eleven and two sixty. The three is a scratching. The four Ashbrook six fifty dollars dollar ninety five. This is fixed odds. Five B fifty two ninety one and six fifty the six Electric Miss ten and two forty five Headley's Lady the seven at six dollars a dollar ninety the eight Little Sipper thirty one four point two the nine Stella Witness three dollars and a dollar twenty eight the ten is out the eleven Rotorura's at seven fifty two ten and Chili Prawn the twelve sixty one and five point two five. Point six, the filly gets her dinner after toppling the unbeatable favourite. No win, no feed. Um, Mm. Makes sense, doesn't Mm. it? She, uh, well,
1: (laughs) I don't know what to make of this race or what you made of it, Bonners, but um, Mm. uh, there was a lot of speed on early doors and she was part of that speed burn, no win, no feed, so she's gone an extraordinary race. But our Princess Tiffany was running along in the breeze early doors, she looked like she was looming up to tackle Miss Streisand, who ran off the track, and, or at least up the track, put her three wide, and uh, no win, no feed slipped through. And from that point onwards, they couldn't catch her.
2: She's won three Group Ones now, which is uh, quite quite incredible to even think, no win, no feed. Started her career in Victoria, and Jamie Madruga ha- had her here and still continues to own her or part-owner. So great performance there. But our Princess Tiffany Gareth, just she wasn't at her best no, in either heat or final. And I think, it, again, it's a, it's a subject we need to talk about going forward, Mark Burton and Natalie Rasmussen very busy people weren't able to be here uh, and that special touch it's a little unfair to say she wasn't at her best in the final no, it no, 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 plenty she's plenty against her No, that doesn't, don't care, bottomless okay. pit would have wanted her best, killed oh.
0: okay, one Fine. of the highlights and you boys mentioned this at the top of the show was the performance of TCB McRae and what it meant to Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars and the candy man Greg Sugars joins us now on RSN Central good afternoon to you Greg yeah
4: good afternoon Gareth
0: can you talk about the significance of that victory and why it was so special to you there to kick off proceedings on Breeders Crown final night Saturday?
4: Yeah, um it's been a long, you know, long winding road over the last couple of years since um uh we lost uh Jess's father, um, Alan and uh yeah, this was sort of his um his last horse that he was training and um, you know, had a lot of sort of high high hopes for him and a lot of expectation and um, yeah, we've had a lot of things go wrong along the way. So, um, yeah, as you saw that uh, crossing the line there, that was probably two years of uh, probably built up um, well, frustration in, in some ways and anxiety and heartbreak and all those sorts of things were uh, were all there right at the fore. And, um, yeah, it was just a great relief uh, to, to finally get it on the board for him.
2: Greg, it's a story in like three or four parts. This one, the Mason story, the TCB McRae story. But were there times after, of course, Alan's untimely passing and over the last couple of years when TCB McRae hasn't been able to get back to his best or the best that everyone wanted from him as a younger horse that you just thought it would be easier just to retire this horse? Honestly, there's so much pressure on him and there's so much focus. Even these days when he goes out to race, there's so much focus on TCB McRae. Was there a time that you thought it would just be easier to end this career and move forward?
4: Oh no doubt. Um, yeah, I'd be lying if I, uh, I said I didn't consider that, um, and it probably wouldn't. You know, really go. Hats off to take hats off to to my wife Jess and um, and main owner and breeder uh, in Kitchen. That uh, both of those guys, um, you know, really just refused to give up, and um, you know, just kept kept uh, kept kept the show going. But um, yeah, I, I certainly you know got to the stage where um, a lot of the negativity and the disappointment around it was sort of getting a bit hard to deal with and um thought it'd be a lot easier obviously to take take the easy option and um uh, and say well we'll just pull the pin on him but uh um yeah no, it, it makes it all worthwhile now all, all the heartache that we've gone through um just to get that, that win on board because um yeah like it, <laughs> it hasn't been easy and you know like like I touched on with an interview with Rob afterwards after the race that um the horse did have a lot of unfair pressure I think put on him and a lot of people sort of thought or a lot of the opinion that he wasn't going or hasn't been going anywhere near as good as what he used to. But, uh, you know, I mean, times don't always mean everything, but that was the horse's fastest ever winning mile rate um, on Saturday night of his whole career. So um, that's going to say something that, the, that um, you know, Jesse, the whole team at Lara J Farm have done a, a super job to keep the horse going, um, um, you know, right right to this day.
1: So, Greg, the emotion, I guess, has probably sub- subsided from the night. I mean... You've got a horse now. What he's he's going through the rating class again? It's it's changed significantly since um, you know a couple of months ago. What's the plan? Is it is it a matter of going out on top and he retires a winner, or do you just continue on with him now and try and find more races?
4: No, we're happy to continue on and uh, just basically keep keep on doing what we've been doing over the last few months. And um, yeah, we've been been very happy with the horse. Actually, this preparation since he's had a break, think he's probably had maybe ten runs. Um, this campaign, and um, if you sort of fully analyse everyone um, closely, he's been very consistent and performing quite well. Um, So, yeah, we're just happy just to keep keep the ball rolling. And, um, yeah, yeah, the emotion somewhat subsided to some degree, but uh, it was still a very... uh, Positive, upbeat, uh, stable this morning uh, when we brought him in uh, to get, take him out for a jog, Everyone's Still pretty happy with uh, what we received on the weekend.
0: If it's OK, Greg, can you just stay with us for a couple of minutes? I want to ask you about this Philly Magida and see if you can help us with the winner at Horsham today. But Swan Hill's quickly approaching. Favourite here, Bachelor Baron, $4 into $2.40. For Lindsay Park and Linda Meets. let's head out to Rick McIntosh to say day to Rick before the first at Swan Hill today.
5: Terrific team on board for... Uh... That great day at Sportsbet Ballarat. First day in the new box. I didn't give a shout-out yesterday to, uh, to Credits and the RV team, but with that little shift in the winning post, they had to rebuild a whole box up there, and I know both the Adams put up with plenty in the uh, calling on the synthetic in the lead-up, but they got it spot on. It was a beautiful spot to work yesterday. We had a great team and a great day's racing. Another 10 here now, just Headley's Lady to come into line. We're looking at 2.30 Bachelor Baron, who I really like as a horse going forward. Would have liked to have seen him at 14, but he's got Linda, he'll be hard to beat. 360 Stella Witness, 850 Dreams and Scheme, and 750 Headleys Lady. First of 10. Bet three three year old, and they're on their way. And uh, jumping out pretty well was Dreams and Schemes. Chilly Prawn's going forward in a hurry. Ashbrook and Electric Miss are there and Wider on the course going forward to try and get itself into a spot. Headley's Lady and Bachelor Baron's trying to hold up on the inside the favourite. Electric Miss was the first to come out of that speed battle back to about sixth. A length in advance of Stella Witness B-52. Rotor a second last to the bunch and two lengths away to Little Zipper who's at the end. Headley's Lady worked forward on the outside, got a half in front of Chilli Prawn. Dreams and Schemes in joint third with Bachelor Baron in an awkward spot. No, just off the rail. Now, so we'll be okay coming through the middle. They were followed by Ashbrook Electric Miss. Down the outside, Stella Witness asked to present, and B52 hunts the fence. Headley's Lady, the leader. Bachelor Baron's out in time. Dreams and Schemes, the outside. Electric Miss was back to the inner, and Stella Witness still running on. Headley's Lady, Electric Miss trying to come through on the inside. Bachelor Baron, Dreams and Schemes, and Stella Witness. And Rotor is emerging. I'll tell you what, it's emerging quickly. Rotor on the outside went bang! Home for the first at Swan Hill. Rotor by a length to Electric Miss. Third Stellar Witness, and fourth either Dream and Schemes or uh, Bachelor Baron. Both of them uh, were good until they uh, got swamped, I guess. Then Henley's Lady Ashbrook. Well, it was six dollars out to fifteen and went like it. And then followed by Chili Prawn. And uh, like a leg was missing, I mean. And then followed uh, by Little Zipper and B fifty two.
0: So Rotor went bang out wide for Shea Eden and Craig Robertson, eleven forty two sixty on the tote. And electric miss second at three forty. And the nine, Stella Witness at a dollar sixty for third. Eleven six and nine, the numbers there. Don't tell anyone, but I think Mikey's multi might need to get us another one. Mm. It lives. I okay. had it for the place. Oh, did you? Oh, there you go. Mm. I apologize.
3: Mikey Multi lives.
1: Yes, it lives on. The way he was carrying on halfway up the straight, I thought it was going under. <laughs> yes.
6: I thought I was going to
0: win, you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mikey, play the sting. Greg Sugars is joining us after a big night at the office there on Breeders' Crown final night on that Saturday. And Greg Magida, isn't she just an absolute superstar to lead all of the way? And I think she crowned herself as the premier two-year-old filly this season in this country.
4: Yeah, I believe so, mate. Um, yeah, she's a she's a terrific filly, and um, you know, just testament to the uh, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin team. They just keep producing these um, top line juveniles uh, year after year. And um, yeah, no, she's she's just taken all before her this season and um, got a fantastic record, obviously. And uh, yeah, very excited for what's in store for her uh, come next year.
1: Greg, we can't underestimate the task of of sitting parked in big races, and that's what she did in the Vic Bread Super Series, in terms of where she was at then compared to what she produced on the weekend, did you did you personally find anything more or less impressive, um, you know, in the two performances?
4: Um, look, yeah, her performance in the Vic Bread was outstanding, coming from Gate 13 and circled the field and um, handled them quite comfortably, really, so I was, you know, extremely confident with her at that stage, that if all stayed right with her, that she was certainly going to be the one to beat through the Breeders' Crown Series, and, um, um, yeah, she uh, had a little bit of a little bit of a freshen up after that big bread series, and um, probably needed the run coming into the first round of heats of the Breeders' Crown, and just improved as the as the series went on. But um, yeah, she had a great run in transit, obviously on on the weekend uh, from the good draw, and and was sort of never out of uh, out of her comfort zone really. But um, yeah, she really um, you know cemented my uh, thoughts that um, she's a serious horse uh, for the future.
0: Do you have a winner for us at Horsham today? Uh, yeah, I think
4: um, Rosarito Miss uh, looks very well placed for the the Tyndale team. Was um, last start winner at at, uh, at Ballarat. Good good odds, but uh, I think should be uh, pretty short today. So um, yeah, I think uh, punters can get the money early on her.
2: Just before we let you go, Greg, one more uh, one more quick. Well, I just want to add with Mojita too. Some people think that Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin can win a big race and the rich just get richer. But I, I, I've met Stephen Johnson, who's one of the part owners of Mojita, a couple of times at Tabcorp Park, Mountain, and. He's only had a couple of horses with Emory Clatton. Clayton. He's had horses all, all of his life, so it's not necessarily a case. Sometimes there's a scene behind the scenes. I just want to quickly touch on what Bakes was discussing earlier with the new national rating system. Now, I know there's been mixed feedback out there in the industry, but a horse like Mason, like TCB McRae, um, would have been you know, hard-pressed to win another race potentially without the national rating system. What's your opinion quickly on how it's tracking early doors, and how do you feel the vibe is generally out there?
4: Yeah, look. I personally, I I'm very happy with the system and the way it sort of uh, um, started off early doors. I mean, there's a lot of been a lot of criticism like uh, around the traps from general participants, um, probably um, you know not liking change um, so to speak. But uh, yeah, Mason he's a he's a great example of a horse that was obviously been struggling for quite some time and um, still had something to offer, but just yeah found it too hard to find races that were suitable and and draw well in in races. So the rating system certainly helped him. Um, He was able to drop back to a, you know, a grade that he was competitive at um, quicker um, under these new conditions. But now that he's won a race, of course, he's moving back up. So it won't be as easy um, from straight off the bat. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think think it's it's improving our product. Um, I believe, you know, that the figures are showing that um, we've probably had less sort of um, odds on favourites being being winning or, or being in races um, across the board um, for our day-to-day racing, which is which is what we need um, as a positive, um, you know, to move the sport forward.
0: Thanks for your time, Greg. Job well done over the weekend.
4: Thank you very much, guys.
0: There's uh, Greg Sugars there. I know Hillsville's not far away, so we might head to Hillsville. Glenn Craven will join us to wrap up Gate Speed after he took out the Group 1 uh, trotting phillies final for the two-year-olds in that last race there on saturday with omar already jet of course he was part of that controversial protest result there in the three-year-old trotting final so we'll talk to glenn there but we need to head to hillsville for race number five and he's james vandermart
3: straight recently and they're about to move in the market here is suggesting gareth uh, western bomber Chela sprite the ones to beat ASFE has given a good chance. I think Slinky Inky represents a bit of value in two. It's been working home well of late and did win nicely at Horsham last time out. Drawn well down near the rail. Favourite though, Chella Sprite to exit Box 7. has got the 19 and 20 personal best, which is exactly the same as Western Bomber. And they are the joint favourites at $2.90. Moving in, race number five, last of them placed away. First of the fifth grade heats today. And they're just about set to go at Hillsfield, the last of the evens placed away. So four and seven to run joint faves. They're set to go. Green light. Away in racing, and Western Bomber slow to begin. Beginning well, Aya Sophia with inter Rose wide out, and now trying to drive forward Koitsenko and Chalice Sprite. Then Slinky Inky burrowing up near the rail from Western Bomber and Billy's Missile last. Taking the lead, Aya Sophia. Slinky Inky's trying to wind up late, wide out Chalice Sprite, but Aya Sofia pulled clear, and Aya Sofia won it easily at the end by a length and a half to Chalice Sprite. Third, Slinky Inky, and fourth, either Billy's Missile or Koitsenko. Then Western Bomber, and one at the last in. To Rose, 1952 to
0: A Sophia. So 172 and 3, the winners paid three sixteen two thirty. 230. Okay, Glenn Craven now joins us on the line after a big night there on Friday night. It was a, a night of ups and downs for Glenn Craven and also Anton Galeno and Yabby Dam Fa- Farms. Glenn joins us. Good morning or good afternoon, Glenn. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Good, thanks, mate. We'll start with the protest first of all. Your thoughts there?
6: Uh, Yeah, Um, probably the only thing I can say is uh, a bit confused about everything, but um, the decision has been made and uh, we'll just have to move on.
0: Do you think there needs to be a rule? This is my argument here, that I think you shouldn't have lost the race, but do you think there needs to be a rule to help out the stewards? That if you gallop now in the last, and we've had a lot of feedback, maybe the last 200 metres, if you gallop, then you lose the race before the winning post? So it's Uh, black and white like that?
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, It's just um, probably... Everyone's a bit frustrated with the consistency of the, the ruling of the rule, and um, that's probably what makes it the hardest to, to slide a pill. But um, if they had a black-and-white rule, um, yeah, I think uh, it would make much, uh, life much easier.
1: Now Glenn, we should talk about good things, and good things happened late in the program with I'm Ready Jet. Redemption for her and redemption for the entire team, really. She was probably, I suspect, going to win the Vic Bread Super Series when she galloped, and um, she raced right away from them on Saturday night. She really found her best form.
6: Uh, yeah definitely, um, yeah concentration was probably a, her biggest uh, problem um and that's, that was evident in the big bread final and um, I've only driven her a few times, and from what I've felt um yeah, I definitely think uh, that night she probably would have been uh, too strong on the line and um yeah she she put it all together and, and she just went super.
2: You finished the night with a bang, as a matter of fact, Len. It couldn't have ended better for you after the disappointment of all cashed up. And I was hoping with a couple of those post-race interviews, we might have seen you go rogue, maybe just say something (laughs) really aggressive and and, uh, and really get a few people offside. Unfortunately, you were too calm and collected for all that. But finished the night with Good Time Heaven, who's been a wonderful filly mare all the way through. She's obviously had her issues, mate, but you drew a lot of driving for Courtney Slater. She does a great job with her horses, and great to see Good Time Heaven win the last race. She really deserved that.
6: Ah uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was a bit disappointing to uh, to get beaten in uh, in Sydney in the Breeders' Challenge and to bounce back and, and win that race. And um, from the last 12 months she's had with the, the problem in Queensland, and that it uh, was a credit to Courtney and the team to be able to get her to, to fire on the night.
1: Glenn, uh, it's always hard not to speak about the good horses when when we get you on. So tell us a little bit about Jilabee Kung Fu and where he's at.
6: Ah uh, yeah, no, he's progressing back uh, nicely at the moment. He He's uh, just slowly working up. There was no rush with him. Um, probably he could be ready for the bigger races at the end of this season, but, uh, year, but um, we'll just take our time and then he'll tell us when he's ready.
0: Glenn, you're a star. And since I've been back, I thought Jason Lee was the man in the family that was mm. getting all the pickup drives, but the king of the freelancers is G Craven <laughs> these days. Group one, group two. Hey, Jay, you milk the cows and I'll go and drive. Job well done, G Craven.
6: Uh, thanks very much. It's uh, yeah, it's always good when you get to get some nice drives, and so um, we've got to thank Jace for playing footy and, uh, and letting me have a few drives.
0: <laughs> what about Paddy Lee? How's he going?
6: Ah uh, yeah, no, he's going good. He he uh, he, was beat, he uh, lost a, a game to get into the grand final. at footy this weekend, but uh, his team's going good, and um, there should be plenty more winners he's to come a- in the future.
1: He's a cat man, which is most important, Glenn.
6: Uh, yeah, no, I disagree with that. But
1: that uh... I'll, I'll see him there next uh, Friday <laughs> night anyway. you coming, Bond? Yeah, I'd love to come Well, These
0: boys here in Terrain all with uh, the Brisbane Lions because they train for the Lions. <laughs> Dane <laughs> Sorko and the likes have got a horse That's with true. the Cravens. Louis Taylor? Yep, Louis Taylor. Part of the start. family. I,
2: I, I still haven't worked out who your footy team is, Gareth. I've, well, you've Brisbane. I oh, Brisbane, sorry, mate. Yep, always yeah, has been. Yeah. Anyway, Five, a,
0: for... AG, you're milking those cows and driving those winners. Thanks for that. Uh, no, thanks very much, boys. There's Glenn Craven there. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Jason Bonington. And thank you, Blake Redden. Thanks, Gareth Thank Hall. you, Gareth Hall. Have a good day. We will. Time for a quick break. We'll be talking tennis with Courtney Walsh, our chief tennis correspondent here.